we're live. Different setting, different time, but the same damn thing. You're here for the State of the Union. I'm going to wait till everyone rolls in. We got some people. What's up, Nick? What's up, guys? Larry. Hi, pal. Hi, Dan. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Maybe Andy will join us sometime soon. Who knows? I'll just talk for the next 29 minutes. I don't care. Hi, Mike. Nothing, pal. How we doing? Volume's up. Larry, can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Change of scenery. Got to check the audio. Ken, sir, what up? What's up, guys? What's up, Ken? M. Where's Andy? Maybe. Come on, pal. There we go. Hey, dude. No, huh? No, no one know. No one ever knows where Andy is. Hi, pal. Hey, bud. How we doing? We're in here. We're here. How's your Monday? Full effect. Full effect. Good. How's your Monday? Good. Good Monday. Do we like to hear? Do we like to hear? We will welcome. Oh, sunglasses. There it is. Aaron stole mine. I have no idea where those are. They're gone. You can have these. <laughs> I don't wear them anymore. Oh. I just oh, had nice. to. Put, I had to put my uh, thing down, and they were gonna fall off. Ah, ah. sunny out. It's always sunny in Sebring, Florida. Yeah, I know. No, it, it's that's not the case in Bergen County, New Jersey. Hi, Drew. What's up, Drew? What's up, Mikey? What's up, guys? Um, thank you, everyone, for being here. The 18th episode. 18th. Of the State of the Union, the State of the Union, sponsored by the Go Hard Barbell, the BCB Systems, Burn County Barbell, and Wicked Wolf Beer Co. Here. Very nice. Um, squats look good yesterday, bud. Thank you. Not mine. I'm going to squat tonight. But seven bills. Your squats look good. Seven bills plus a change, so we'll see. Good. That's good. I need to start getting good creeping those, up. I, I need to start getting those variations over a thousand every week if I want to squat a grand. 
Yep. But. Yep. That was always that was always the goal. Um, when when I was trying to squat eleven, the goal was to always be above eleven. Be at least was to be in that twelve, that twelve, that low twelve range. Yeah. Um, we didn't really, we never saw like a direct number carryover. I know, like some people say, if you can do, blah blah blah, you can squat. You know this. Um, I don't take that. Uh, I don't use that with AR. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think there's a definite correlation to Circamax. What you can do in briefs to a, what you can do in briefs to a box. Because um, I've, I mean, it's you know. I think if you can go 550 and briefs to a box clean versus a purple, a, red, a purple, a blue, and a green, well, I think you're so, ready to squat a thousand or, or make a run at it. Uh, um, what was it? Red? You said I, red, purple, what? No, no, no. Green, purple, and blue. Green, purple, blue. So what's that? Large, That's large, medium, strong, or light, yeah. medium, strong? Yeah. That's a thousand at the top and just briefs. So. Okay. With a lot of bandages, I mean, that's a lot. With of a lot of bandages, well, right? That's about fifty fifty. Four four fifty is a lot of bandages. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We said that. All we said, I say that all the time. That bands, in my opinion, bands are way easier than than chain. It, at least squatting wise, so you three hundred pounds of band is a lot harder in my in my opinion. Three hundred pounds, three hundred pounds of chain. Yeah, but I will say, benching. Harder with chain and deadlifting harder with chain, in my opinion. See, I don't have a setup where I pull versus chains a lot. I like to pull versus chains more. The only time I really did it was when you had me doing it. I probably need to do it a little bit more, but see, I, I need to get. I've been, I've gotten so far away from it that I realized that like 200 pounds of chain, in my opinion, kind of feels like 300, 300 low 300s in band. And I, I don't know. I, no, go ahead. I just, I, I've done so little of the of the chains on deadlift that I don't. I just don't have a great answer for you. I know. I mean, you had me pull like I think I pulled six and two fifty chain off a of one inch mat or something. But I mean, it's just chains were all over the place. They were on the floor. I, the, that's the only problem. There's there's two issues that I that I find with pulling versus pulling versus chain. The first is if you put the chain in the middle of the bar, you can't slack it. That's there's true. no slack. There's no slack. So it, and maybe that's the reason why I feel like pulling with chain is harder because you're almost like pulling on a straight bar, uh, a power bar. Makes sense. Right. right. So, but if you put it at the end, know, it, then they, then they, then they unload, they unload unevenly. Right. Right. So, so. And they have, they have like, you know, you see people come out with all those things, like to hook the chains up to, um, but I've never really found one that I liked or one that I would even use. Um, yeah. The so what I've been doing, nice. oh, that's the one that comes off the end, right? Well, they have one that's like a, it's like a, um, a rod and it goes up uh, to, to give it a little bit of room. Uh, interesting. Interesting. But I huh. Never. It's like a yeah, collar yeah, on the bar. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've only seen that one. Yeah. 
Um, but what I've been doing as of as of recently, at least for this cycle, for um, the people on the team, was I've been doing bands and chains to pull. Really? Yeah. So um, I did. They're they're doing a three week wave this week. So like for example, Chrissy did. Um, first week was a a monster mini and like eighty and chain. And then the next week she did a light and a hundred and chain. And this week will be a hundred and twenty and chain and a light and a monster mini and a light. Um, mini and a monster and a light. So increasing the chain one chain a week and increasing the band one band a week that's good so, I like yeah that. um so we'll see how that goes i'm gonna have them run run that back for another cycle starting a little bit higher um with a little bit more band at the start for this one um but i kind of like it i like the uh the uh, um the diff the difference in feel between um bands and chains to pull against yeah yeah i mean it definitely the change is like it feels heavy at the beginning and then it, the bands is like it feels heavy on. at the be so i think the reason is is because unlike the band it you know it's 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 actual weight like it actually weighs weight it's not just yeah. tension right it's so i think it. that's probably yeah like i think that's probably why um and then i also think that with um with the chain, you're gonna actually you're gonna feel that weight sooner. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like you, you definitely like, especially if it's in the middle. Like it, it's it's on you from the beginning, and then the band's right. like you get the bar moving, and then you're like, oh, there it is. You know, right when right. the band tension hits. You know, that's why pulling against a lot of band tension is hard because it just hops on you all at once. Exactly. Like if and especially if you're someone who's who's taller, like you are, right? Like once that shit hits your knee you're talking like a huge jump in, oh yeah in band tension. oh I'll, I'll there'll be some times where i like i feel like i lock it out and then the bands pull me to unlock it like it's incredible it's like mm -hmm. my knees lock yep. and then they unlock so. right um the one thing i will say just for anyone anyone that, that's gonna actually listen and pull pull with chains is there you go is to make sure that when you're when you're locked out there's chain like off the floor, right? right? So you, you don't want to be locked out with all of your chains still on the floor because you've defeated the purpose of deadlifting versus chain. Yeah. Right, so apparently you're short. Someone well, thinks you're short. Cody's, uh, Cody's rack height's 24, so everybody's <laughs> short. Uh, you got any questions, pal? I'm questionless. You got any? I got one for you, and then maybe we'll take a audience question. Let's do it. So, nine minutes. If you're listening, and you, yeah, if you got if you got some questions, put them in the chat, and we'll take the best one. Um, the only the only question or the, the only question that was worth answering really, what had to do with again programming because I feel like we get asked this question a lot. Um, and the question was, how often are you taking anything with a straight bar? How do we add in a straight bar? How, the, it, it was, the question was phrased was, how often are you actually using a straight bar? Assuming squats, correct? Assu yes, assuming squats. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? 
Go ahead, because I well, don't use it. Yeah. No. Uh, well, um, so I would take a block squat when I was raw uh, before the meet once. Um, I would take a Circumax squat. I'd take an opener one day. I'd take a Circumax squat, and that would be it. Three weeks Circumax, and the last week or two, I'd probably use a bow bar just for my shoulders. Um, so I, I did very little of it. Very, 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 very little straight bar. Um, I have found with my clients, especially with the new bars, everybody's using that Sportcraft bar, which is a specialty bar because it's so damn big. It's not the same as, like, I was finding that my clients were having trouble actually utilizing that bar. Like, it was it was throwing them for more of a loop than the actual specialty bars that we use would throw them for a loop. So, with that going, we I've started adding it in more. Okay. Once every okay. five or six weeks. Um, and maybe do, like, like, a pause squat one day, a box squat one day. And like a squat into chains at parallel one day and that would kind of keep it in for the off season to 12 to 15 weeks before we kind of move you know if you got 25 weeks in between weeks that's 12 to 15 weeks 22 to 25 depending upon you know when you compete um you mix it in and then i would let them get a couple of speed work cycles in as we get closer to the meet um and then obviously uh we would definitely take like just depending upon where people's strength level is leading to the meet is how we structure their attempts. So like some of the people that are stronger, we're, we'll do an actual circumact, you know, which I do wrong and make change or what have you. I got nothing. I can't hear a word you're saying, pal. You're, can you you're, I can now. You got me now. Yeah, I got you. How about now? We lost Sandy. No, we got him. Yeah. All right, we got you. So, just I don't know when you when you stopped hearing me, but we would traditionally do. Um, just kind of depends on where guys are in their levels with how we would set up and structure their circumax or their, their their peak into the meet you know what i mean it might be a circumax but then it also might be um it might be just like work up to your second and your third reverse band four weeks out work up to your opener three weeks out I'm gonna just. I'm gonna assume what you're saying. I'm gonna assume that I know what you're saying, because I can't hear you. Nope. No, don't got you, bud. All right. What I'm gonna assume Andy's saying, because he doesn't have the best service, is that it's going to be dependent on a couple things. Um. One is how close you are to me for, for Andy um, and how comfortable you are strength-wise, strength-level-wise, and your comfortability with the straight bar. Um, you know, I, I think that Andy 
programs history bar way more than I do. Um, I kind of go a totally different route. Um, and if I can not use a straight bar my entire year besides the last five weeks before me, that's what I would do. Um, and that, that's what, what I've done moving, you know, I would say probably over the last two years, three years, um, 95% of my, of my training is done and my client's training is done with, with specialty bars. Um, you know, the Buffalo bar is a specialty bar. It's not straight. So it's a straight bar. Uh, it's a, it's a specialty bar. Camber bar, safety bar, spider bar. Um, you know, there's a Mars bar now, right? So there's tons of different bars that, that we, that we cycle through. Um, and, and I just don't, I personally don't see the need to throw in a straight bar more than like once or twice to take a reverse band. But there's no reason. The reason behind it is the way that I coach and the way that I, the way that I train is you're not going to change up the way you squat with the bar that's on your back, right? So if you're always practicing the same technique, the same, the same movement pattern, whether it's to a box or whether to it's free or whether it's, whether it's free and whether it's a straight bar, Buffalo bar, camber bar, safety bar, whatever, then when you do put a straight bar on your back, there shouldn't, there shouldn't be a, um, a learning curve, right? Because if you've been training with, let's say a camber bar, right? Your hands are lower, they're wider than they would normally be. So if you then put your hands where, where you're comfortable or where, where you would squat on a straight bar, with a straight bar, it should be exponentially easier, right? Because you're in, you're in better position. You're able to keep, you know, everything tighter, better because of your hands being closer. You have to engage your lats better um, and all that stuff. So in my opinion, I, I wouldn't use one. If we could, if I could never use one except on meat day, I wouldn't. Um, but I do feel that as you get closer to a meet, there should be some straight bar work just really to, to hone in your attempts, right? Um, you know, a couple of people are training, are competing uh, next month in, at Hellbet, right? So they just finished their, they just finished their Circumax. We're going to deload. And then we're going to take two straight bar squats. And, and that's it. Because, one, we've been taking some free squats. We took our free squats during our Circumax. So we've become more comfortable free squatting. And then because there's such an emphasis on making your box squat look like a free squat, there shouldn't be that much of a difference in the way there, – there shouldn't be any difference – in the way that you squat when it comes to free squatting with a straight bar. In my opinion, again, people can argue otherwise. I don't really care. But I've, I found that if your box squat and your free squat looks the same and the way that you squat doesn't change when you use different bars, then you need less free, uh, straight weight, straight bar workouts. We lost Andy, but I'm done talking.
yes, the newbies can use the straight bar. Um, again, I'd rather them get more proficient on a safety bar than a straight bar or Cambridge bar or one of those than have them just hammer the straight bar. Because even though they're newbies, they're still going to get serious bicep t tendonitis, right? Whether or not you're squatting 1,000 pounds or 400 pounds, if it's new to you and if it's heavy to you, then you're going to get beat up. So why don't we limit the amount of beat it, beat it up, beat upness that we are, right? We can limit that. We can prolong our career, in my opinion, by staying away from straight bar, straight weight all the time. Um, and we're just reinforcing better technique with the specialty bars to a box because both of those things are harder than free squatting with a straight bar, in my opinion. Andy's back. Maybe. Now he's back. Hi, pal. Hey, buddy. Nice of you. Nice of you to come back. Well, I had to. I had to figure a way out to get back in here to where it would work. So. So we're back. We're good. Um, I just, I just said that, and my my real, you know, stance on it is, if your your squat doesn't change from when you're free squatting, beaded upness. That's a word. That's a word, Ken. I made it up, but it's a word. Um, if you're straight, if you're free squat, or if you're box squat with specialty bars, the way you do that. Doesn't change from when you take a straight bar free squat, then there's less time that you're going to need to to work that movement. Got me? Can't hear him. Andy can only go live from his parking spot. Frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> here we go it's all right pal i got it on my back we're good I, yeah, i'll, I I'll, I'll I carry know. you today i know that's good bicep is it um but no you're 100 right i mean so like i i'm i was for years like a not a non-proponent of straight bar work um i added it in because i noticed that i would feel the least comfortable on meat day than i would otherwise so it's my philosophy has just changed for now, but once I feel like I'm I'm really good, much because I agree with everything that you say. Like if you're using these specialty bars to keep shoulders healthy and strength, you don't need the time. So we just I'm putting it in now so we can increase. I can increase in my. Yes. Yes. Uh, crap. Lost you again, pal. Got nothing. This the Texas squat bar gave me more bicep tendon. Did you hear me there? All I heard was that bicep tendonitis and the Texas squat bar. Yeah, Texas squat bar worse bicep tendonitis than the. Sportcraft bar. Interesting. Because I think the Sportcraft bar is stiffer, more stiff. Oh, that makes sense. 
So there's going to be less whip. So there's going to be less, less tension. Less, oh, that makes sense. Less, uh, less whip. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's Highlands County service, bro. It's Highlands we'll, County. Blame service. the service, not the phone. It's we'll not, blame the service, have, not the phone. I know where to go, man. The trailer park's good. the only place it works. I apologize. <laughs> Six weeks and we'll be live in the Go Hard Barbell 3.0. Ew! We're going to do it from Go Hard Barbell 3! Yeah, I hope so. You like do that, that on the back porch. So. I like that. All right, audience questions. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll take an audience question. Just, just, to, just to pull it close to it, man, I would say as little as you can get away with. That's as a, little be my as you can get away And I, I would I would agree on that. As little as you can get away with. However... But your skill, your skill, your specific skill... On meat day needs to be there. It so needs if you to be suck there. With the straight so, bar, you, you need to put the straight bar. In. Right, and kind of piggybacking what I said is, if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be someone who uses the specialty bars and is a proponent of the specialty bars, you cannot change the way you squat. That's right. With a specialty bar. So if you're someone who has a weak mid or weak mid to upper back and falls forward with the with the with the uh, safety bar, you can't change the way you squat just with the safety bar to keep yourself upright because that's not going to translate when you go to the straight bar and you pull the box, right? So what do I mean by that? If you're someone that if you are someone that has that weak mid back and you roll forward, so when you squat with the safety bar, you stay super, super vertical and super, super upright, right? That's not going to translate to a straight bar because if you try and squat super, super vertical and super, super upright, then your hips are going to roll forward and you're never going to depth, right? So there, there has to be a, a, a middle ground in the sense that you have to be strong enough to use the, the safety bars. And keep position. So we're, we're we're talking about new, you know, we're talking about newer lifters or, or you know, lifters who are who are working on their strength. Um, I think instead of throwing a straight bar on them, an alternative could be to throw a safety bar on them, but make sure that their squat looks the same with that specialty bar. Then so it's not a huge clusterfuck. When it when it comes time to go straight on your back, yeah, the pattern and sequence is the same. Correct. Because remember, Correct. you're you're trying to use those special bars to build your straight bar squat. Right, right. So you can't you can't use you can't squat with those bars differently than you would with the straight bar because there is then there is no there's no correlation. Right. So. Um, Again, so I mean, the main takeaway would be twofold, really, is use the straight bar as little as you can if you can get away with it, and two, make sure that your squats with these specialty bars look like your squat with the straight bar. Write that down. We lost Andy again. Audience, no, we question. got him. We got him. All right. Anybody? Uh, audience questions. Audience question. What do we got? Who wants to know something? Somebody out there has got to want to know something. You know, it, I think it sucks that it doesn't tell you who's still here. 
Yeah, click the thing on top. Oh, really? Oh, shit. I didn't even know that. Huh. That's pretty cool. Good to know. How do you... Okay, here we go. That's a good Mike question. Said, how do you feel about the safety bar the uh, safety bar fan of squatting with it without using your hands? I'll let you go. I'll, I'll let you have this one to start. Well, with. it's not a fad. It's a Donnie Thompson thing. Um, okay. Donnie's, Donnie's been doing it for years, and, and uh, much like, uh, you know, Louie and, and other people, if Donnie thinks it's good, you probably ought to listen because Donnie does know what he's talking about. Um, Donnie, Donnie totaled 3,000 at 47 years old. And walked out on his own terms without any major injuries. He's had the world record squat, and he's got a bunch of squats over twelve hundred pounds. Um, I, I see some value in it, but I feel like, um, yeah, yeah, no kidding. I I feel like it becomes a monkey see monkey do, and the people that are doing it don't really understand why they're doing it. Um, and I feel like. You know, I spent some time doing it, and when I did it a couple times, I kind of learned how to to organize my lats and my back so that I could maintain a, a rigid core and get out of the safety bar what I needed to get out of the safety bar. But um, that just helped me when I put my hands back on the bar, if that makes sense. Um, so I think you with the safety bar, I mean, you need to be wedged under the bar with your upper back locked in. And then need to be using the handles as high as you can to rip the bar apart, and and really pinch that that, that mid back, um, really pinch that mid back and lat together. That's that's my answer. Um, but I think most people do it without without really putting a lot of thought into it. I think they just do it. People are think they do. doing it. People are doing it without any idea as to why they're doing it. They're only doing it because they saw yeah. it on Instagram. Yeah, Anthony Oliveira's doing it, so they do it. Yeah, you know, um, it is harder. Yeah, that, 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 it is harder, but I mean, I think you, you can safety I bar. You can safety bar with no from, hands in one and one leg, and it would be harder too. That doesn't mean that it's a good movement. I would say that it takes it takes away from the other question that you at the, the the point that you made that um, that you you it it forces you to squat more upright. Therefore, you're not getting out of the safety bar what you want. Because people aren't, they're not going to do it correctly. They're not going to load their back correctly so that they can actually push into, push into their briefs and actually, you know, get that, that position that they need. Um, so they're just going to sit straight up, sit down, stand up. And it's, it's going to defeat the purpose of squatting with a safety bar in some capacities. Defeats the purpose, puts you in, in a wrong position. And then what are you going to do when you put your hands back on the safety bar? You're going to squat the same way, which is wrong. Yeah. Right? So. If you're, if you're, I've seen people do it for their speed work. Okay, well, speed work is a ton of volume. So let's just say you're going to take the five by five approach that that you know for for speed work. Now you're doing 25 shitty reps, right? That, that's not that's not helping anyone. That that's just 25 more shitty reps to hurt your shitty squat form as it is because. What you're doing is just picking. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're three, three perfect, three perfect max effort reps versus 25 shitty speed work reps is a bad way to go about your training week. Right, 
So uh, um, I, I hate it, and I'm, and I'm sure it worked for Donnie. I mean, clearly it worked for Donnie. Um, but well, 99... yeah, but Donnie added it in. Donnie added it in late, though. You know, Don, Donnie's right. thing was. But Donnie Donnie's added thing... it in late, and Donnie had a very specific way of doing it. Yeah, Don, number Donnie's, one. Don, Donnie's thing was nobody could tell him how to go from a twelve hundred pound squat to a thirteen hundred pound squat because nobody had ever done it. So he had to do different shit, and that's why Donnie did some of the things that Donnie did. You know, and and so some of you people who just started training, you should probably, or in the middle ground, or or even where I'm at, where you know I'm I'm, I'm not a beginner, I'm not a novice, I'm I'm better than that, but I'm also not at the very top of the sport. Probably need to realize that you're not special, and you just need to get better at doing the basic movements, and and progress that way. You know what I mean? Do better. Be better. Do better. Do better. So. Somebody, um, Drew somebody said, asked how strong we need to be to get into oh, that's, multiply. That's a good, that's a good, good question. I, that's a hard one to answer, to, to specifically put that. I would say, I would be more inclined to say how much time you should put in. Like, I think you need a couple of years and a couple of meets under your belt raw before you hop into multiply, is what I think. Um, I don't like single I don't, multiply. I don't think. You necessarily need need to have a ton of meats under the bar, but I think you need to have a strong a foundation, a strong a foundational of strength, right? Th that's not going to come from doing one raw cycle and say, okay, I did a raw cycle, now I can jump into gear, right? Because one, I mean, that's not enough for anyone to do anything, let alone jump in a multiply. No, I think you need to be able to 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 do things a certain way and make them look a certain way um, before you start. Because I, I think that people look at multiply, you know, they look at single ply and they go, oh, it's, just, it's multiply light. It's like, no, actually it hurts way more. Way um, worse. It's way tighter. Way worse. I don't care what anyone it's says. It's way tighter. Um, it's way harder to learn. But then they go multiply and they go, well, you know, it's easier and I can lift more weight. Like, yeah, it's way more dangerous. And, uh, it's trying to push you around way more than single ply is so and raw is so like if you can't make a raw squat look pretty you're not gonna make a multiply squat look pretty so i think it's one of those deals where like there needs to be a level of proficiency and confidence with your body's ability to move through space with a barbell in your hands or on your back before you start messing around with multiply stuff um correct and if I, you can't if you can't squat somewhere around your 90 95% and it look like a, like a pretty rep then you need more you need more foundational strength and and I would recommend that if if you can't do that then you need to push off being in gear a little bit um, yeah and I would I would say I would say this too um I certainly wish that I had gotten into multiply before I did but I, I also I also don't think like, but I also competed 15 times before I got multiplied. I wish I had a little bit more time under my belt, multiply squatting and multiply benching because I think I'd be better at it now when I have the strength to be good. Um, you know, but I also squatted 800 pounds in my first meet. I also, you know, I squatted 900 pounds in my fourth multiply meet, which is not, you know, a lot of people don't do that, you know, so, right. so, I, I, you're not strength is strength and it's not always going to run concurrently. Like obviously your, your raw squat might not be as high as it's ever been because your multiply squats hard because of the patterning, but <clears throat> spending time 
building a stronger body raw is never going to hurt you when you get into multiply. Right. <clears throat> and and what do we always, we always 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 say the same thing? You should be training your you should be training raw before you're getting 100%. 100%. So, yeah, so, so whatever it, it's you're not building, like... whatever you're building raw is going to help you in multiply. Numbers wise, I mean I, that's just I, I would never I mean I I would never I was a 645 guy or 647 guy before I got got in multiply gear. So I, you know, and I put about, you know, 100 and some odd pounds on my bench. 100, you know, I benched 518, so I put 100 and I put 20 per, I benched 25% more. I squatted about, I don't know, so 6 and this 8, so I squatted 200 pounds more. That's 30 pounds almost 30% of my best squat and then the deadlift it doesn't really. I mean, it is kind of what it is. So, yeah. Numbers wise, I, I, mean, I don't I did my first I did my, my first meet when I was 19. Like I, yeah. But I had seven years of of raw, raw, you know, football training. Basically, west, you know, west side training. Yeah, yeah. West side for yeah. for high school and college. So that's seven years of you know raw training before I put gear yeah. on. But my first geared meet, my first geared meet was in single ply. I went six four six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I, I think if you think you're ready. Um, you know, but I think the bigger question, I don't want to get off on a separate tangent. We can talk about this another day. But I think the bigger question, too, is, like, the patience the patience that you have um, off-rip to do it slow when you get in gear. I think that's a big one for people. Like, right. don't be in a rush to put on super tight briefs. Don't be in a rush to put on a super tight shirt. Don't pull in too much gear. Don't pull in too tight. Like, just take your time. Learn how to move around in the gear. Learn how to maximize. Learn where you need to be. Learn what you need to feel, and then start to build a tolerance. You know, I'm just learning how to build build a tolerance. Like, you know, I, I crank my shirt down really, really hard now, man. But like, I, I've had to learn how to be okay in those positions and where to move and where to go. And it takes time. It takes more time for a guy like me because I have super long arms. But you know, those are those are things that you need to learn. You know, slowly, and and you know, you're never you know. If you just put the gear on and you don't ever give your body and your ligaments and your tendons and your joints a chance to, to catch up with your strength levels with the gear on, you're going to put yourself in a really bad spot. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those deals. I, I think you should build a, a good raw base. I think you should feel very confident. And then I think you need to take it very slow, you know, and give your body a chance to get caught up with what you're asking it to do. Because at the end of the day, anything worth doing in this sport is going to take you a very long time. You've been in this sport since you were 19 years old. You're 35 right? 16 years in the sport for you. I've been, I've been training my ass off since I was 17 years old. I'm 37. I got 20 years in the weight room. You know, I've been competing in this sport for 12 years. I've been competing in this sport for a very long time. So, so, you know, these are, these are, these are things, you know, so, so if you just, if you just started lifting eight months ago and you think you're going to hop in gear and and hit a, hit a big squat and people are going to be impressed by it. Um, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not, this is not instant success. So I would slow down and give yourself a couple years and then hop in gear and give yourself a couple years and then see where you're at and keep your mouth shut and don't try and tell people how to do things because you don't know what you're doing. And uh, listen. You don't know shit about shit. Yeah. Listen more to you talk and answer some questions. And, and Say that last piece again, pal. My two, that's kind of my two cents listen more when you talk and ask questions and and give yourself some time to to grow into a good lifter you know what i mean everybody's in such a hurry man like i i did my 
first meet in 2007, and I squatted 600 pounds. I did my last meet in 2022, and I squatted 1,160 pounds. That's almost double. Yeah. Double. That's that is. almost double. Yeah, I did my first meet in 2010. I squatted 475. I did my last meet. I squatted 915. That's almost double. And, so it's 13 years. And, and 13 years. 17, 12 years. You know, however many years that is from, from. And I'm still not that good. So. Right. So, like, it's it's you're not just going to throw gear on. So, so the question the question shouldn't be what numbers should you hit before you put gear on. The question should be does do my lifts look pretty enough that my my strength can translate to gear? Yeah, if you can't make raw stuff look clean and you don't have the muscle, because that's what people don't get is like you put people in gear and they don't understand that like your trunk, your core, your abs, your obliques, your low back, your lats, your upper back, like that's going to be challenged to the max. Ten, and like you, you think ten. Like it, you, the gear's doing the work. Like, nah, dog, you're piloting this spaceship and you got to stay in position. And it's a totally different ball game than raw stuff. Like raw stuff, you can get a little bit out of position and muscle your way out of it. The second you get out of position in gear, you better have somebody's hands go on the bar and help you stand back up. And take it, take it, take it. Yeah. So, you know, and if you can't make it look good raw, you ain't gonna make it look good in gear. And if you don't make it look good in gear, you're putting everybody, you know, you're putting everybody standing up there with you uh, in harm's way. And when you, you get hurt in gear, point. and when you get no, hurt in gear, when you get hurt in gear because the barbell gets loose, you're gonna be hurt for a long time. Yep, sure are, sure are. Drew made a good point. He said, if you want to be good in gear, train with people who are good in gear. Yeah. That's right. You should be training with people who are good in gear. You should be ha – and if you want to be good in gear, that may we, – we've touched on this multiple times. That may entail you to have to drive and go get somewhere. Get in a car and go find people who are good in gear. Because That's if right. you think that, that some Joe Schmo who's never done anything impressive in gear – is going to be able to help you be proficient in gear, it's not going to happen. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. I find it, uh, me personally, and you, you said it um, like, like uh, about Donnie, right? He, he squatted 12 and he needed someone to help him squat 13. No one could do it because no one's ever done it before. Nobody's ever done it. Okay, right? I, I like, feel like very similar to that. Hop got away from the West Side method. Like, what did you do? You got away from speed work because nobody could tell you how to break the 242 to total 2750 at 242 because nobody's ever done it. Right. Right. You can't so, do it like anybody else. Like, so some of you people. Lost you. You probably just need to follow the bookmark of people who are going, who have been where you want to go. But for a guy like you, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, you can't do it because nobody's ever done that shit. You squat 1160 at 242, who's, who can teach you how to do that? Nobody because nobody's ever done it. So that's why they call them world records. If you're not barking up the world record tree, just follow the plan. Follow well, the plan. You know what? I, I don't – this is another tangent. We, we should talk about this another day. But, like, you hate speed work, but you also say you hate speed work having done more speed work than most people 
that have ever done speed work have done speed work. Have ever done. Yeah. Have ever done. Right? So You've done more I, I'm coming from, I'm not coming from. from say that again? I see. You're not, you're not sitting up in an ivory tower. You've done plenty of it. So you can make an educated choice of what you need to do moving forward. Right. I, I've, I've done more speed work, more speed work sets than, than the majority of proponents of speed work have done in That's their right. entire career. That's and right. I haven't done any in the last five years. Yep. But you, but you can do, you can do that because you've done it. Right. And it helps you get to a certain spot and then you realize what you needed to get to the next spot is and that's obviously working right so so but for for the for the the regular person you don't need to be doing all this all this crazy shit that you see online no follow you don't need to be doing what 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 it took david hoff or donnie thompson to go from 2500 to 3000 you need to be doing what took them to go from 1000 to 1500 1500 to 2000 or 2000 to 2500 which is a lot more basic than you think it's very basic it's very very basic if you if get for, for gonna do a basic shit but he here's here's what it also boils down to it also boils down to people being too stubborn to reach out to someone who knows what they're talking about yeah but, but then they also want to do what's cool oh i saw chris delafob doing this i want to do this like well chris delafob's trying to pull 950 to seal off a three thousand pound unlimited total you're trying to pull 600 to seal off a 1,900-pound unlimited total. Like, you're not the same animal. Like, I mean, you're, you're my best friend, dude. I don't try and do what you do. I try and do what I need to do to get where I need to go. You know what I mean? And it's like right. my, my basis is, I mean, my, my training is rooted on very basic stuff. It's rooted on the conjugate method, you know, and, and you know, you and I kind of go back and forth with what I should and shouldn't be doing. But, like, you know, I, I believe in the basics. And when that when the basics stop working for me, then I'll probably let you tell me what to do. But like right now, I get stronger every every you know I'm getting stronger at a pretty rapid rate. So why would I change? You know what I mean? That's the way right. that I look at it. No, you're, and your you're deal is like, yeah, I hate speed work. I hate things. speed work, but I hate speed work. But your squat looks good, so keep doing what you're doing. So I'm, and I'm trying some new stuff now in my deadlift. You know, I'm, I'm doing some different things in my deadlift. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, we're no, we're over I we're agree. over time. I mean, we're always overtime. That's We've right. never not been overtime. Um, however, with that being said, next Monday. thank you for, for everyone being here. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Go Hard Barbell, BCB Training Systems, the. We Can Roll Beard Co. The. The. Um, thank you. you to our production manager, Emily. And yep, we'll see everyone next week for The. State of the Union. 20. 19. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. My bad. 19. We're, we'll do something special for 20. That's right. All right. Yes. We're good. You will see me. You will see me at the Hellbent meet. Bye, boys and girls. All right, pal. Love, love you. Pal. you.